Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome, welcome to episode 253 of Dude and a Monkey. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. Uh, so, it is the, the calm before the Infinity War storm, uh, so it's the show's a bit more loosey-goosey, and to be honest, in a way, the, the show might be a bit more like this in the future, where it's just us kind of talking about what we want to talk about with with a film bent, but just having a chat. Yeah, uh, we, we, we kind of have uh, discussed for the past few weeks in the sense that there are there are some weeks where neither of us just get a chance to watch that much. So mm. we both said that we essentially we, we find ourselves sometimes kind of not forcing ourselves because that's the wrong thing to say, but we find ourselves watching stuff so that we've got stuff to talk, to talk about. about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then um, it, you, you end up kind of like pressuring yourself to, to to watch something. And we 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 both kind of said, to, we, you know, we if you've only watched one thing, you start thinking, shit, I better watch at least one other thing, maybe even two other things if I can squeeze it in. And then it, it becomes that. And and that's that's kind of not why we do the show. Um, so we did say that, that you know, well, fuck it. Why don't we just not do that? Because there's always shit we can talk about um, it, during, during a week, you know, and it, it doesn't necessarily, it, 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 a lot of the time it will be film related, but uh, not always, it isn't always going to be film related because we do actually have kind of other interests uh, outside of film, although I think it's fair to say film is a, is a prime interest for us both. Yeah, yeah, no, that, 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 that's exactly it. So, I mean, in, in that spirit, I mean, this, this week we are reviewing uh, Beyond Skyline. Uh, which is on Netflix in the UK now. I imagine it's on streaming services around the world, to be honest. Um, yep. It's not a comment about its quality, it's just I it, um, don't think it really got a wide theatrical. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we've we've got some what we watched as well. Now, mm-hmm. um, also, uh, on the YouTube um, channel has been more active than it has been in months over the last few days. Um so we have some kind of video game related content and it's not just me which is which is great um yep so mark and i yesterday as we record this on monday the 23rd of april um started a co-op playthrough of uh a way out um a co-op prison break film uh film it it want it does very much want to be a film uh, it does yeah to be fair um, but a co-op prison break game where um, Mark is playing a gentleman with fantastic sideburns and they are quite quite impressive I'm playing a guy who's really focused on getting his reps in <laughs> to, to the to the direct detriment of uh, of um, sideburn man yeah um, I, I can't pretend to remember what their names are uh, Vincent and Vin- something else yeah Leo, Leo, that was it. Yeah, I'm okay. Vincent, you're Leo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. So um, we're doing kind of like live streaming um, playthroughs, but it's also on the YouTube channel now because we don't have enough subscribers. We don't have a custom YouTube URL, but um, if you just search "Dude and a Monkey" on YouTube, I'm going to do that right now, actually, just to test this, and I hope it doesn't go wrong. Monkey. This dude fights it a does, monkey. It, it does. It does come up. Oh, does it? Okay, that's good. Dude, dude and a monkey. Yeah, it does come up. Okay, great. So, um, okay, fair play. So, um, 
yeah, uh, so you can get it online, and we've we've linked to it on the the Twitter and whatnot as well. Uh, but as well as that, uh, there's also two parts so far of uh, Dad of War, uh, <laughs> which is my playthrough of God of War. Um, some technical difficulties in both the first part of that and a way out, but we did get it ironed out. Massive thanks to Andrew Jones actually for, yes. the, for the live. Uh, troubleshooting on, on L- live tech support, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the good thing is we've kind of like we've got that um, going from there. Uh, I am going to uh, at some point this week uh, get a dedicated uh, headset and mic to go with my controller because at the moment I'm using it with no audio, no headphones plugged in, and a USB mic plugged into my what is it? So I am going to get a, uh, an actual dedicated thing for that oh, because uh, we are planning on doing a few more of these, aren't we? Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to do the whole game, I think. Um, we're going to do the whole game, but we're, we're going to possibly look at doing other games. Oh, well, sorry, forgive me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, um, if if anyone has any suggestions for PS4 available co-op games that you would like us to um to power through uh we're we're very very open to suggestions there it's uh that was a fun that was a right laugh last night i really enjoyed myself it was it was it was it was good yeah we we did quite well with that i thought i i think so yeah um i mean the the like the human centipede moment was unexpected um (laughs) and me doing laundry while you were off doing cool shit was uh, was an unexpected treat. My my guy is just not cool, and yours is. It's really annoying. It's yeah, the fact that you did laundry. It's just it's the thing is, I thought it was leading to something though. It was like I got the sheets. There's like right, what do I do with these? Oh, there's a washing machine. Press square to put it in the washing machine. All right, then I'll do that. And then I just stood there for a minute, just watching it go around, thinking something was going to happen, and it fucking didn't. Um, I just yeah, that that game's that game's interesting. But anyway, so it's it's on the YouTube. It's uh, I, I I genuinely think it's quite a funny time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, but also, before we get on to the, the regular schedule, um, well, first off, Mo Salah got PFA Player of the Year. Yeah, fucking he did. play. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone's really going to begrudge that apart from Kevin De Bruyne. Um, um, and Pep Guardiola. And Pep, yeah, fair point. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, um, if Kevin De Bruyne had won it, he would have been a very, very fair winner also, I think. Um, most rational, even sort of Liverpool fans, because obviously you get crazy football fans no matter what mm-hmm. uh, team you support. But most rational Liverpool fans would have said, "Do you know what? I'd like if Salah had got it. I do think Salah deserves it." But De Bruyne has had an incredible season, and he, 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 there's no getting away from that. He has, but um, Salah's had an, an unbelievably. I think it's the fact that he's he's surprised a lot of people. I think the. A lot of the thing was, well, he failed last time he was in the Premier League, and it was a bit like, well, did he though? Um, and then the other point was, well, you know, I remember myself sort of saying to people, yeah, but he, he scored a lot of goals in Serie A, and it's like, yeah, but that's Serie A. It's like, yes, it's a league famed for its defending. <laughs> mm, mm. So yeah, it was it was it was well deserved. Um, 
and it was it was kind of like, I think it was quite a nice validation for him in the sense that he he did see he had something approved to come back to the Premier League. Yeah, fucking right, and and, and fair play to him. Uh, but I mean, I suppose the, the 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 big thing is Wenger out is no longer a hypothetical uh, hashtag. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, Arsenal TV. Um, you know, Arsenal, Arsenal fan TV. What, what the fuck are they going to do now? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, they're they're going to do nothing. They're, yeah. they're not. They're literally going to have no content. Um, it's an interesting one because it's like, what kind of manager do Arsenal go for now as well? Well, that's the, the thing is, I, I, uh, I, I, you know, it, it's been something that's been on the cards for a few years, uh, and Wenger seems to have left. Um, I think it, it does seem he's gone before he's he's pushed and he's not the, the fact that he's not come out and said that he's he's retiring uh, he's come out and said that he's he's leaving Arsenal and that he will be still working in football in some capacity uh, and I don't think that's going to be uh, continuing his punditry work that he does in France uh, although I do, I do think he will continue that but I think he'll also be be taking up uh, another job within football be it a president somewhere a director of football somewhere or or I, I do think he'll end up being a manager somewhere, um, but it, it's he it, it doesn't seem that happy. Like he, he seems like it's he, he's going to point some fingers, and he's pointing fingers at, at the fans, um, which it, he is he's quite right to do so. But also as well, I do think that Arsenal fans are, have a right to to have been able to ask questions for the past few years, uh, in a sense that. The the Arsenal and the Arsenal Wenger conundrum over the past few years has been the way that I viewed it is it, it, it's a bit of a catch twenty two situation because it's they are in the position where Ars where the strong likelihood is Arsenal Wenger was the one who was keeping them um, in the in the Champions League and in in and around that group of clubs uh, which is perceived to which was the big four and is now the big perceived as the big six. Um, but also as well, he at the same time is the one that's keeping them out mm. of being in the upper echelons of that. He's uh, only a few years since they finished second, but everyone kind of forgets that they finished second in the season that Leicester won the league, which is a more of an anomaly there. But they've it's in 22 years, the first decade of his of his Arsenal career was incredible, and, he, and there's no getting away from the fact that he did come in and he did change the way that the English football runs and the way that English football works. And you know, he forced managers like um, Alex Ferguson to to readjust the way that they looked at football, not just the way that football is, the way that British football looks at British football. He actually made um, Alex Ferguson go right. What is well? What's that guy doing? Right. Well, we need to do that, but we need to do it better. That's what we do. And so, you know, it made Manchester United a better club, which meant that when Chelsea came along, they had to become better. And then when Manchester City came along, they had to become better. And at the same time, everybody had to become better because this guy had come and created this. But he'd become too wrapped up in, right, well, I did it this way. And the original Arsenal, big Arsenal teams, were, were built around power, and a directness and it's almost like he he wanted to prove that he could reinvent football not just 
the back scenes of football, the, the diet and the training and things like that. And it worked, but also it didn't work. And it's just, it seems like the right time to go. But the question that you asked at the start before I started rambling um, was, was quite right. It is what, what do they go for? In terms of in terms of a manager, you've got a club that's that's 22 years has been moulded around us, and then for Christ's sake, he chose his own uh, chief executive. Yeah, I mean, I I think the the backroom chart changes that they made um, they made last season, like haven't they got they've got a director of football co- actually coming in as well, don't they? They, 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 that is it does seem very much likely uh, it, it, sporting directs they're calling this which essentially is a director of football for clubs who don't want to use the phrase director of football yeah yeah so it, it does kind of seems like seem like the wheels are turning there it's just um i don't know it's it's weird like i just when they st- i just when they stopped qualifying for the champions league it's mm. just yeah, that, it, that that's the that was what they always had. Yeah, they always had that. that. Was it. And the thing is, um, Stan Kroenke doesn't give a shit about Arsenal Football Club. Mm. He quite simply doesn't give a shit about Arsenal Football Club. In the same way that, that I think you could level the same thing at the Glazers, they don't give a shit about Manchester United Football Club. They give a shit about Manchester United Football business. Uh, and you could you could level that at a lot of Premier League um, football club owners in the fact that they. On the pitch, success only helps if it if it helps their their business model. But once they stopped qualifying for that and that cash was taken away, that's when it was right. Well, you had a season where you didn't qualify, and then this season they could qualify by the back door uh, with the Europa League, but they they look further away. Burnley with four get three games left could could feasibly finish above Arsenal yeah you know that's with the with the wage budget they've got with the the sports team they've got and Arsenal has such a holistic uh, control over that club they've been making the same mistakes within running down contracts for six seven years now and that that just can't go on it's it's a thing where Football moves in cycles and moves in generations now, and um, it just seems like it's kind of it, it, it's people have caught up with Arsene Wenger, um, and he hasn't moved forward. And one of and I'm going to refer back to him again. One of the amazing things about Alex Ferguson is he he never stood still. He he moved forward, not just his clubs, uh, his players, or his backroom staff, or his coaching staff. He didn't just alternate them. He moved forward himself. If somebody out in European or world football was doing something different, he was right. Using the fact that he was Alex Ferguson to say, right, I want to go and find out what's going on there. You know, he went out and, um, I mean, this is Alex Ferguson who, when Valencia were managed by Rafa Benitez, um, Alex Ferguson went out to Valencia for a couple of days of their pre-season to see, to, to, uh, you know, to see what Rafa Benitez was doing, how he was, how he'd taken Valencia to, you know, to beat teams like Barcelona and Real Madrid. Mm. And when Dortmund were winning the Bundesliga, he went out there and spoke to Klopp and said, "Right, what are these fucking weird new training things you're doing?" Um, and you know when Alex Ferguson was up and says, "Can I come to your pre-season and look at this 
this weird light wall that you've got. Um, you're going to say, yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but Wenger did, 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 he, he, he seemed to stop stop doing that. And I think the fact that he was always quite gracious with the media and quite giving with the media did give him a, an awful lot of leeway with, with, with uh, the media. Uh, I, if, if he was a manager of a different club uh, or a different manager, I, I don't think he'd have got anywhere near as easy ride for the past 10 years as he's had. Yeah, well, I mean that. Yeah, I mean, like you say, he picked he picked the chief exec, and he, I, I don't know. There's that kind of sense that he almost ran the boardroom for a second there. I mean, like you, you have to wonder with the, um, you know, if, if it was the same backroom team of like two years ago, would he be making this decision now? And it's probably like, well, no, because. No. But now he's got people who probably aren't as connected to him and are willing to go, look, the results aren't good enough in the attendance. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you look at the fucking pictures of the Emirates and the empty chair uh, seats, and it is just like, this is a fucking, this is a big fucking stadium, and the, the, this team should be filling that fucking thing. You know, that's Christ, it. It's... Sunderland were getting tens of thousands of people until very recently, and this is Arsenal. That's it. Um, and, and Arsenal, Arsenal got into trouble with this a couple of years ago, um, in the sense that um, that when they were posting their average attendance or their game attendance figures, and their average attendance figures were taken from those game attendances, um, if you had a season ticket, they counted that whether it was scanned or not. So mm. most clubs now, it's 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 actual. If you, if it's scanned as you go through, click that is a, that is sold. But they started off base and went right. If you've got a season ticket, it's sold. Therefore, we start with that amount. And they were taking the away allocation and just counting that as if it was sold out. And they got a bit of a slap on the wrist, saying, "Hang on a minute, you're basically saying that you're selling out every game, but then we're looking at it and you're not." <laughs> you're not yeah so you need to it needs to be a proper figure not a not a, a figure and that is then kind of manipulated to make it seem less less like you've got people who aren't aren't bothering to show up yeah um, it, I don't know it's it's gonna be a fascinating summer it is because you've got um you, you've got what's going on Arsenal, who who will come in there? There's people shouting for certain managers, and you're looking at saying, you know, people saying, oh, we need to get someone like Simeone. <laughs> get do, drop that, drop that fucking bomb in there. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you? You want to get Diego Simeone? Wow. It's like, okay, tell you what, tell you what, watch three, watch three. Athletic Madrid games, Arsenal, and then tell me if you want Diego Simeone, fantastic manager, but fuck me, they they are pragmatists of the highest order. It'd be a pretty fucking funny manager to have in the Premier League, though. Like, I hope he does come here just for kind of the. Oh, he's the, he's the a personality for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, he would, and and, and you know we need. We need more personalities um, in, in the Premier League at the moment um, in, in terms of managers because there's not enough players with, with, with personality. Um, in football, 
you know, uh, media training has, has seen to that, uh, that, that, that personality in, in footballers. And, you know, it's... It, it, it makes me. It makes my fucking teeth itch when I see people like fucking Jesse Lingard and Paul Pogba doing these stupid fucking little fucking dance things that they fucking do, wearing their fucking slide, their fucking shoes, but that. But at least they've got personality. I'm not supposed to like it because I'm a 35 year old man. I'm not a 19, 20 year old kid, you know. And, and so, it, it, at least it's personality there. They're showing a, a, a fun side, and they're able, able to kind of almost take the piss out of each other a little bit. Mm. Because I do think they are doing that. I do think there's a slight bit of it of of poking fun at each other. And then you know you've got managers with personality in people like um, Guardiola and, and and Klopp there that have this. You know, you've got Guardiola fucking shouting at opposing team players because he didn't think that they were playing well enough like they did last season when he played them <laughs> which is fantastic and you've got you know it's you know and it might it might drive other people mad uh, other teams um fans mad when Klopp is getting so animated on the what is it but I I love it I want that passion uh, Klopp's um, fucking hilarious man like I, I'm not gonna have anyone say bad shit about Klopp he's... yeah and, and the fact that he, he's the fact that he can get a bit Sniffy and a yeah. bit snipey. The fact that he did about about West Brom and said, you know, it, 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 you know the fact that West Brom didn't walk the pitch during half time, which I I've been watching football, a lot of football for a lot of years, and every fucking team in every country waters the pitch at half time. You mm. just do it. West Brom didn't, and that's that's their want. They're allowed to do that. I am not criticising them. It was a good idea with the way we play and the way they play, but. Klopp quite he's quite right to come out and say you know that was a bit you know we didn't expect that it's really annoying but you know if they want to not walk the pitch then they could not walk the pitch it's up to them you know they can have a dry pitch you know and next season they can have the driest pitch in the championship mm. and it's just it, it's a little like oh <laughs> that's nasty but 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 well done yeah uh, and you know it's when you've caught Managers, and I'm not doing this just from a, a Liverpool-centric point of view because I think that people who know when I talk about football, I am not. I, I, I like football, and Tri- I support tribalism is not your thing. Yeah. Tribalism isn't my thing. Yeah. I don't. I will never understand it when people celebrate other other people's teams getting beat when it's not by their team. It, mm. it baffles me. But Conte doesn't look. Could not seem more like he doesn't want to be at a club at all. Short of literally fucking turning up in an Arsenal kit one week, a Liverpool kit the next week, and a United kit the week after, that man could not do much more to kind of highlight the fact that he fucking doesn't want to be there. Mm. Um, and Mourinho just seems like he doesn't want to be a football manager anymore. He just doesn't. He just doesn't give a fuck anymore. It, it, it's it's almost like it's broken him. And mm-hmm. and it's but but it's an addiction for him. He needs it to feed this whatever it is. Call it ego or um, just want. You know, it, it is just that. But I, I do think he is, um, and this comes from a non-minded fan. But I do think he's fucking toxic for that club at the moment. 
I have never seen Old Trafford as empty in the past 20 years as it was with 15 minutes left against West Brom. Mm. It was it, it was a sight to see. And I'm surprised more wasn't made of it. And then after it, when they speak to the Manchester United manager, a, a club that prides themselves and fans pride themselves, and quite rightly so, pride themselves on saying that they're arguably the biggest club in the world. They're not. Real Madrid or Barcelona are. But they have a right to say that because they could make a very convincing argument that they are. And even the most staunch Liverpool fans would struggle to argue with it. Comes out and basically defends his record of winning leagues. I, I, I was sat there and angry watching it. Four Man United fans going, you, you deserve better than this. Please go out and get... Pochettino, because he's ideal for you. Go out, get him there, and please finish finish a very gallant second to Liverpool. But stop <laughs> with this, because it is horrible. <laughs> I like that idea, Pochettino. Like, he next, makes sense for United. He next, really does. Next season, Mourinho, like has one more crack at it, doesn't quite get over the edge, Spurs don't do anything again. Pochettino's got one foot out of the door. Mm. Pochettino's got one foot out, out of the door because he knows he can't win things with, with Tottenham. That, that's not to say Tottenham can't win things, but I, 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 don't think that, I, I don't think he believes that he can win things with Tottenham quick enough um, to enhance his reputation. He won't go to Barcelona because uh, of his Espanol connections. Mm. He's too smart to go to Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah. Bayern Munich will not hire outside of somebody who has experience of German football again after what happened with Pep Guardiola. Therefore, it, it, it's that. I... I think Mourinho looks at it, I don't think United was what he expected. I don't think he expected to get questioned by the fans so often about his style of football. This is a fan base who were treated to some of incredible football for 20-odd years under under Ferguson. Fuck, I used to love watching Manchester United, and I'm a Liverpool fan mm. uh, under Fergie, because it was, it was breathtaking to watch sometimes. Um, and he, he doesn't like the fact that he can't, he can't get past Guardiola. And that rankles with him. So if he gets, if he quits, he's giving in. If he gets fired, it's, well, they didn't support me. They didn't back me. Hang on a minute, Jose. They give you a shitload of money. Ah, yeah. And he can make his own narrative of it. Mm. And that's all he's about. He's about creating his narrative, his Manchester United, his glory. And it is beneath Manchester United. Yeah, I, I kind of don't have anything to add there. Like, the fact that every single time it's defending himself or saying people don't give us enough credit, it's delete as appropriate depending on whether the result was good or bad. Mm. Um, yeah, fucking, I like that Pochettino idea. Mm. I, I had a, a bunch of 
some friend of mine who said um, to me, "Yeah, but you know, this season will probably end up with um, with the Premier with uh, with the FA Cup, and you'll all you know, and we'll finish second, and you'll in all likelihood end up with nothing and finish third." It's like, but yeah. That 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 is a very plausible scenario. Has it been more entertaining to watch Liverpool or but United the last few that's fucking my point. seasons? That's Jesus my point. Christ. Who was was there? Was yeah. But I've had a fucking great time this season. Yeah, I've had a brilliant time this season. It's been what been a football fan is about. And if your only thing of being a football fan is about at the end of the season saying we won that that and that, then you are missing the fucking point. It's fair. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think second and an FA Cup versus what sixth a Europa League and a League Cup. It's it, given the way that United, as soon as Mourinho calculated that the Europa League was the best chance getting into the Champions League, mm. the end of last season for United, like the last six weeks or so, were a fucking just a like a death chorus. Mm. Oh yeah, it was, it was. It was. That's. It, it's a false position. That six from last season. They could have finished. They were probably. The thing is, they were probably going to finish a, a very nice fifth. You know, they, yeah. they could have. They could have had a push for top four, but it, it just Mourinho did look at it and say this. This Europa League is easier to win, and it was easier to win. He, he did the calculations, and he got it. You know, he got it right, and that's that's what he's there for. But mm. like you say, when it does come to the entertainment factor, I mean, it is pretty. At, at least the second half of the season has been pretty fucking joyless. It has, um, and you know, people have said to me about Liverpool. Said, you know, you take uh, Mo Salah out of that team, and uh, what have you got? And I was like, well, you've still got. Roberto Firmino on 25 goals and 17 assists and you've still got Sadio Mane on 18 goals and 14 assists so yeah you've taken away a lot you know over 50 goals in terms of assists and, 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 uh, and actual goals so yeah you have you have got that um, but a counter argument to that is you take away David De Gea and United are a different team and the guy is the best keeper in the world by, take, by a long stretch. You, t- you take away David De Gea and United would be so much further behind than they are now because we wouldn't have had a fucking whiff of decent mm. European football in a number of fucking years. Mm. It's, yeah. it, 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 it's There's a rebuild job there uh, at United, but you don't want a manager like Mourinho to, to rebuild you a, a team. Because he's, he's he's saying about well it's you know I'm, I'm having to play with uh, you know footballers you know players defenders that were here when Alex Ferguson was here. You've bought centre backs, mm. you have bought them, you know it. You bought Lindelof and then not played him, and you spent an awful lot of money on him. So was it twenty eight million? Yeah, that's an insane amount of money for a player who you don't want to play. Actually, kind of forgot he was there. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it, it, yeah, fucking Lindelof. It, it's yeah. an oddity at the moment. At moment United, it, it, it's a club that that looks to be battling with itself at the moment. Mm. And if you look back, that's what happened with Mourinho at Chelsea, part two. That's what happened with Mourinho at Real Madrid, 
That's what happened with Mourinho at Inter. That's what happened with Mourinho at Chelsea Part 1. That's what he does. Mm. And it's it's why it, it, it's, it's why Alex Ferguson and Bobby Charlton were saying to the board, good manager, not right for us. Um, I'm just glad that it's not going to be a case of give it gigsy when the next one comes along. Like No, the, 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 I, I, I do think that it's, I, I do think that with Pochino's comments after the United game, there'll have been some ears will have pricked up in my United boardroom. I would think that probably not this summer, but next summer, um, Pochettino will become the Manchester United manager. Okay. It, it, it just makes sense. I bet you can get some good odds on that at the moment. Yeah, but I, I, I. That's my prediction is, 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 is Maurizio Pochettino will be the next Manchester United manager. The last thing before we move on to films. Yes. Um, I just have to ask one question. Go on. What pictures did Ellis Short have of Chris Coleman that made Chris Coleman take that job? <laughs> it's, a, it's a very strange, isn't it? Because, because Sunderland were, you know, they're, they're a team... They're, they're like a snowball just gathering more and more momentum going down. Um, and Coleman turned down some decent jobs. That's the fucking crazy thing. That guy had more heat than he will ever, ever have for the rest of his career. Chris, Chris Coleman's a, a strange one in the sense that he's... I think Chris Coleman is, is, a, is a thoroughly decent guy. I thought he was a, he was a good footballer. Um, he, he talks with a passion. He talks sense. Um, but I, I think he, he, he's from that crop of British managers um, that were players in the late eighties to, to, to late nineties. Who and part of this is the the Arsene Wenger effect, uh, bringing it full circle back round in the they convince themselves that they're a lot smarter than they are through sheer force of ego and confidence. You have to be unbelievably confident to be a professional footballer. Like on, a, on, a, on a different fucking level, you have to be unbelievably confident because you have to... The way that you prove yourself at being... An, and I was a very good footballer. The way you prove yourself at being an elite footballer is when you're 13, 12, 13, you're thrown into an, an under-19s game or an under... Or, or a men's game. I played for, for a local men's team when I was 13 and I wasn't a big 13 at all. Um, and I, I had to mix it with that. And I remember, I remember shouting at a guy who was actually my godfather. <laughs> um, oh, that's how much older he was than me. Yeah. Um, that he wasn't passing the ball to me quick enough uh, with such a ferocity that I got booked for it. Uh, and then my dad, who I was manager of the men's team, hooked me uh, because he thought I was going to get sent off because I was going in too hard on guys that were quite literally half my size. <laughs> and... I, I'm not a I'm not a cocky person. I don't think I'm anyway. Um, but but on, a, on a football pitch, I, I become an arsehole. Um and I was a lot worse then than I am now. And I'm still a prick if I'm playing football. <laughs> um, 
and I would not have become a Premier League level footballer. You have to have such self confidence, and then that breeds into to, to managers. Also, managers have to be pricks. You have to be a bit of a prick to be a manager because essentially you have to say, "I know more than everybody else here." Mm. And knowing more doesn't mean to say that you know more than them. Knowing more can mean, I know more than you. I know enough that I need this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy to help me know more than you. Mm. You know, and then you mm. get people like Big Fat Sam. Just... You just need a pint of wine and some gravy. Oh, fucking Sam. I don't, it's just, fuck, I, I mean, what was it? Did Ellis Short just offer him, like, you get us an immediate return to the Premier League and you will get the biggest fucking... Two million. Mm. Two million was uh, was the, what is it? There's a 1.5 million signing on fee, so he literally got a 1.5 million to join. Mm. Um, because managing Wales don't pay that much. Yeah, sure. It don't. Sure. Um, so he, he, he took that. Uh, he was on He was on more at Sunderland than some Premier League managers are on. And not like one or two, five or six. Fucked. Um, (laughs) And if they got into the playoffs, I think he got a million. And if they got promoted into the Premier League via any avenue, he got a two million bonus. That's fucking... And now it's like... League one. I don't know. And it's... I mean, like with Sunderland, I mean, like, what? They can't afford to fucking pay him off the rest of his contract, can they? I think he gets if they if he wants to walk he gets five hundred thousand. Mm. I, 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 I fucking I feel I, I just feel so sorry for Sunderland fans. Ellis like, Short uh, didn't know relegations existed until three months after he bought Sunderland. Nice. Same thing happened with Venkis. Venkis got Venkis at the one who used to uh, still own part of Blackburn <laughs> Benkies didn't know what relegation was until they were relegated and then asked why they, why people were saying that they were going to play in the championship the yeah, next so season what, it was like what, what do you mean the fixture list has come out and we're not playing United at Old Trafford <laughs> literally somebody apparently apparently this is this is one of those things that has been virtually confirmed by people it is uh, this wasn't done behind closed doors this was done in a press room was somebody had to explain to them that no it, you're relegate you're out of the Premier League you don't play in it next season and they they then said oh no we just have to we just have to do this this and this and like no no you, that's it you're out of it another team comes in you go out they thought it was the, well, we've league. got the stadium we've got the players they thought it was like American football yeah yeah even though that it just reminded me though, did you hear that Chris Coleman apparently like was in post-match interviews on Saturday first off saying, "What do you mean we're down? No, 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 we're not." He did, like he didn't realise that what is it? Bolt, ah, uh, oh, fuck, Bolton still had to play. Mm. Um, fuck, they still had to play. I, I fucking, it's the game on Saturday. It's like if one of them loses, then they're down. Yeah, Burton. Burton, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like it, it, somebody had to like take him to one side and actually explain that like no, you don't have enough points because of that game. You're down. And it, 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 it's oh. just it's it's a, it's it's sad because you know they were they were a Premier League club, like a proper a proper Premier League club. Yeah, and and, and they just and they, they should be. 
they had that slippery like for a few years they just about managed to scrape out of it and you know it yeah it's it's what happens when you get a collection of managers um so steve bruce and david moyes when you get a collection of managers who can't see beyond what they already know so they go out and buy you know fuck it david moyes bought paddy mcnair um from manchester united mm. and paddy mcnair has said that, that he, he literally he had to sit down and explain at one point to david moyes this was after he'd had him at united and then signed him for Sunderland, that he was a central midfielder who would occasionally play for the U team at central defence. He wasn't a central defender. He was a centre mid. And David Moyes didn't know that. David David Moyes is another fucking story, man. I'm, I'm already nailed on. If he's not the first manager dismissed next season, it's going to be fucking staggering. Like, I don't. Th- I don't think he's going to be uh, West Ham manager come the start of the season. Fucking like the fact that there's even words that they're thinking of of letting him. Like with that atmosphere at West Ham at the moment, it's like fucking what. West Ham. West Ham's always have a bad atmosphere because their their fans quite simply do not do not know what they want. I yeah I I. I don't know. They want better. They, they. I don't know. Well, everybody deserves better than David Moyes. Uh, yeah, apart, every, apart from Everton, uh, everybody yeah. deserves better than David Moyes. I just, Dave, fucking, I, oh, David Moyes. Like it just, I've never seen that man age as fast as he did at that year in United. He did. Fucking, he did. That, that was stag. I mean, that was fucking staggering. Um, one of the best things and we will go to football in a second I, I will just say this one of the best things I ever saw of David Moyes was when somebody when he was talking about revolutionising Manchester United scouting systems right they didn't need revolutionising Manchester United scouting systems they were fine but he talked about it and somebody said well what have you done and his response was he looked like looked at the guy who's interviewing him yeah. like Shit, I didn't expect a follow-up question to this. <laughs> right. And he just looked at him for a few seconds with the big, weird fucking eyes he's got, yeah, yeah. nodded, and went, iPads. Mm. iPads. Six of them. I thought, that's really specific. <laughs> Six iPads. Six of them. <laughs> and, that, and, and then the, and it was like the, the, the guy was you just thought, I, I don't want to continue this because I, I feel like I've got you on the ropes and it's unfair. Yeah. And he went, okay. Right. And he went, yep. And he thought, six. It, 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 it's like he went into a car phone warehouse to, I don't know, to upgrade his daughter's phone or something like that. And he was prattling about one of the iPads and they went, oh, have you got an iPad? And he went, no. And then he, he, he went through the credit check and he went, oh, you actually, you qualify for six. And he went, yeah, yeah, I'll take them. I'll take them. And he's turned up and gone, look, guys, I got these. Six iPads. One for and each continent. That, like, we, can, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can do things with these. Look, look, you can do all this with them. They've gone, oh, great. Yeah, just stick them in that room there. What's that? Ah, it's the fucking scouting room. It's fine. <laughs> 
iPads. I'm enjoying this. Um, we, we, we've, we've done 40 minutes and we haven't talked about film yet. Apologies, apologies for the people who've tuned into the book of the film podcast. I, I'm, I'm, finding, I'm finding it quite freeing. Um, <laughs> in all honesty, it's nice. It's just a chat. Um, okay, trailers. What have we got? What have we got? We have the uh, new Deadpool trailer, the final Deadpool trailer. Uh, Rob Delaney. Yes. Very, very pleased about that. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, I was I was I was very I was very on board with that when that came out. <laughs> it does. I have to wonder whether literally he's going to be in the interview scene, cut to them on the aeroplane, and then he goes splat or something. I I do I do wonder. I I, I, I wonder if if that's probably going to be the only bit he has where he speaks, and then the rest of it is just going to be him doing stuff in the background. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it just—it's—it's going to be a laugh. It's, it's going to be. I—I—I I, I, I do enjoy the fact that um, that he refers to um, Josh Brolin as Thanos. Yeah. And he um, goonies him as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, of course, we've got the the poking fun at the DC universe. That, it, it is, yeah, it is fucking weird that Josh Brolin is playing a villain in two Marvel films released about three weeks apart. Yeah. Like, it, it, it is a little bit like, have we actually run out of actors? Or it, I, 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 get, I get the feeling that, that Josh Brolin, they cast Josh Brolin as Thanos so long ago. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. That I think they, that they kind of forgot that he was Thanos until they needed him again, and yeah. then went, and then looked at him and went, who did we cast as Thanos again? Oh, fuck, it's Josh Brolin, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 interesting. Um, what else have we got? Uh, the Equalizer 2. Hell, yes. The sequel no one that, asked yeah. for, but I'm going to watch the fuck out of... Yep. I, 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 I'm, I'm down with that shit. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, what else was there? There was something else. I'm sure there was something else that I watched. No, I think that might have been it, actually. Yeah, I think that was actually it for me as well, weirdly. Um, okay, cool. All right, well, you know, let's, let's not overextend things unnecessarily. Um, so, let's talk about Beyond Skyline, which is written and directed by Liam O'Donnell and stars Frank Grillo. Uh, Eco Uice is what I'm going for. That's what I'd have gone for. Cool. Uh, in my brain, it'd have come out completely fucking different in my, in my mouth. <laughs> no, it, it, it would have. Yes, I, I think it would have. It would have just come out as Digimon Honsu, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Um, and who else? Um, I hope that made Noel laugh because I know he does like that. So, um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, actually, before I, before I do anything, slight tangent again. I brought up an issue that I have with the Pepsi Max advert on in the cinema a couple weeks back. And I never actually got around to saying what it was. Oh, yes. And Paul wasn't very happy. <laughs> All right, cool. So, Right. Pepsi Max. Yeah. Great sugar-free cola taste. Yeah. The tagline, love it or taste it. So, hang on a second. If I taste Pepsi Max, 
I won't love it. Because do you know what their new? They, they've actually changed. I think now. Do you know what their new tagline is? Go on. Because why would we call something this good zero? I'm I'm not a fan of I'm more of a fan of that than love it or taste it because yeah. that actually seems like if you, you taste it you won't love it until if you're into this concept you'll love it you will fucking love Pepsi Max until you actually taste it <laughs> yeah I think point, it tastes great I, I, that's the thing I'm a fan of Pepsi Max as well but up until that point you're gonna fucking love Pepsi Max <laughs> and then you're gonna try some. And you're going to feel any emotion other than love. <laughs> so I just, I had to get, like, literally, I turned to Paul and said, so, hang on, does that mean that you won't love it then? And he just burst out laughing. And it, it, it was just like, yeah, you know, that was the most entertained I was throughout that entire sitting of ghost stories. <laughs> what a piece of shit that film was. Even though I've had people actually pipe up on Twitter about disagreeing, and that's absolutely fine. If you like quiet, 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 bang, jump scares, then good on you. Yeah. Um, so, Beyond Skyline. Stars a bunch of people, including the aforementioned ones. Uh, so, it's a sequel to Skyline. Um, so, Aliens beam down these lights that draw people in like moths and then suck them up into a spaceship. Uh, Frank Grillo is an alcoholic ex-detective who has a grown-up son who um, he doesn't really get on very well with. Grown-up son gets taken up in big spaceship. Frank Grillo goes along for the ride as well. And um, Eric Balfour, unfortunately, I don't believe provided the, the, the suit action for this. But what I assume is his character... Um, is up in the spaceship and the alien has his brain and he, his brain's kind of rejected the alien and helps Frank Grillo. Um, and then Eco Uwais comes into it because why the fuck not? And yeah. uh, the third act takes place in Asia. Vietnam. Vietnam. And um, it's not Platoon. Um, nope. No. Uh, so Beyond Skyline... Um, it's a sequel that I don't think anyone really expected. Um, I I don't think anyone was particularly bothered about, but it's been getting some good word on the old Twitters and whatnot. Uh, Mark, what did you think of Beyond Skyline? It's it's high concept. It's very high concept. It, it, it's got there's an awful lot happening there's an awful lot of ideas uh happening with with beyond skyline Indeed. um in, in terms of for what they're, they're they're trying to do and what it's trying to to say i'm i'm not sure there's the, the, you know I, I would think that um if you sat and lay my doll down he'd try and say this means this and this means this and this means this and i would be there going hmm, yeah i don't think it does but i can see why you would try to make me think that i think it's just cool sci-fi but it's high concept cool sci-fi um it's frank grillo is one of those people who is just fucking cool in things yeah. that's why he's become you know it, it, it's one of the things does frank grillo make good movies yes does frank willow make a lot of movies he actually does make quite a lot of movies mm -hmm. are they always good no do we always watch them though 
Yes, mm-hmm. because one, he's handsome as fuck. Two, he always seems really fucking badass. Uh, and three, he's an interesting screen presence. Uh, I, I, I like Frank Grillo. I like the fact that he's best mates with Joe Carnahan and they have a production company called War Party. Yeah, that's fucking cool. Yeah. You know, anything that War Party fucking War Party are doing a movie called Boss Level at the moment, <laughs> and it looks fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, and I think if you watch the trailer for Beyond Skyline, you're expecting a much different movie to what you actually get because you get a high concept sci-fi movie that then random, literally, literally crashes into a into a modern Asian action martial arts movie. Mm. You know, not a martial arts movie that we remember from the 80s where it's Jean-Claude Van Damme doing splits on countertops and things like that, or Steven Seagal standing still moving his arms very quickly so that people don't realise he's fat. Um, it, it's high-octane, but grounded in a semblance of reality because the, the, the guys are usually fucking drug dealers, which these are. But it's a martial arts movie. And you've got, uh, Aiko Uyas, uh, it, it, you know, doing martial arts on really big aliens, which is weird. It's really jarring. And you've got that sketchy, long-haired dude from The Raid in it yeah. as well. And it's like, as soon as he comes up, it's like, he's going to do something at some point. Yeah, he? he's, he's not, he's not going to die in that cell and then not do anything. Yeah. He's going to do something where you look at it and go, he, at some point, his hair is, is going to be all in his face. He's going to tilt his head forward. He's going to lean forward and then do something really fucking quick that you're going to go, that was badass. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, to, to be fair, his character gets quite the send-off in this fucking weird tribute to Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It is um, very, yeah, it, it, it is very, the fact that he's still going with that. But I mean, it's him, him and Aiko, we asked, they, they do the, uh, do all the choreography, didn't they? Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, great. they do all the fight choreography for it. Uh, through the, not just for their scenes, for the whole thing. Mm. Um, and they do a lot of um, fight choreography for a lot of movies now, apparently. That's, um, that's, that's, that's great. I mean, that, that's the thing, there's... There's a level of actually like decent quality action cinema in that last third mm. there. Um, the, the, the climax is genuinely blood pumping, you know. Yeah, the, the, there are a few. There's a few fucking weird bits in this movie, though, isn't there? Yeah. Like the fact that the fact that they that they, that they do actually use quite a lot of footage from Skyline. Yeah. Not only that, they use some of the characters, but they recast them and reshoot scenes. Yeah. And it's like, hang on a minute. Right. You've, you've shown us, like, essentially SFX shots from Skyline, but you can't show Eric Balafar from Skyline. Mm-hmm. And is it, um, what's the name? Uh, Scotty Thompson, you can't show either of them. Why? I, you know, they, they've not got on to be massive stars, have they? Let's face it. You know, you quite easily... 
I know it's like people say, well, it's seven years after, but it's set like at the same time. Mm. Well, I, I doubt they look that much older um, that you couldn't just fucking yeah, get so away with it. Fucking make up on them, job done. Yeah, it, 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 that was weird that they were recast. I mean, it's it's a it's an odd. It's a fucking Frankenstein's monster of a film, is this? Absolutely, um, it, it really is. Yeah, I, I, it, like that first third or so is like a weird, like sped up, loose remake of Skyline. Um, the second third is like this really fucking grim, ultra violent Saturday morning sci-fi cartoon. Yeah, um, like which I'll be honest, I I think you'll know the bit I'm referring to. I skipped a couple of minutes. Um, cause I guess yeah. I could see where something was going and it was just like, no, nah, I'm not fucking comfortable with that. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. and then it just turns into this kind of kick-ass, like almost kind of like Indonesian modern action movie at the end, like, like mm-hmm. the raid or like headshot or something like that. You know, it's, but it's fucking mental. And the, the, but the thing is, it, it feels to me like some producer was just like, right. Liam O'Donnell, you helped with Skyline, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. Brother Strauss, are you alright letting them do this? Yeah, fine, fucking whatever, we don't care. Right, okay, we're off, we're off doing all these special effects for films like Rampage and the Marvel movies and things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we've, we've tried the old directing thing, it hasn't really worked out that well. Fucking, we'll just go back to what we know. Right, Liam O'Donnell, what can you get us? Right, guys, i got a green screen. i got Frank Grillo. I got an alien costume with some stilts, and I've got connections in Asia. I can yeah. write beyond skyline. Yeah, that, that that genuinely it it feels like tick boxes there, and it's such I mean it's such a rough and ready kind of production production. You got those outtakes at the end, <laughs> and which are fucking amazing. I mean, like it, the it, balls it's, to do that. Yeah, it's so weird to have that <laughs> in, it, in that type of movie. Yeah, it really... Because the film itself is quite... It's quite a serious... I'm not going to say it's yeah. po-faced, but it's quite a serious sci-fi action film. Yeah. And then you've got these jokey outtakes, like the title card, like the Beyond Skyline title card at the end. It's like just this fucking like thing falling apart and then beyond skyline coming up on the screen and just you know frank grillo saying like you are the worst alien i ever <laughs> you know just whether it, it, it's i it just i i don't know it's this fucking ramshackle let's put on a show thing yeah but, but I, I i found it in quite endearing like the first one but in a different way. The first one feels like we've got... Because it was shot in, like, one of the brothers' house, or his apartment, mm. um, over the space of a few weeks, and then they just kind of, like, did the, the visual effects, like, in-house and whatnot. Yeah, they did the visual effects whilst they were doing the visual effects like Battle of for... Los Angeles. Was it Battle of Los Angeles? And that then, was it, yeah. And then the producers of that sued them for basically going you made effects for skyline on bottle battle los angeles time yeah and i think that got thrown out i like I, I don't think that actually came into anything but it was like a film they basically made in their spare time um and this doesn't feel like that but it does feel like 
I've got some random fucking elements I can chuck together at this thing, guys. Let's yeah. do this, you know. And, uh, but it, it, some, of it, some of it will stick, and a lot of it won't, but fuck it. Yeah, but it, it's fun. Um, it is a lot of fun. It, it, it really is. It, it, it's, 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 like you say, it, it, it's oddly endearing in the fact that you're watching it going, at, at, at any point this, this is going to fall apart. This is going to fall apart. This is going to fall apart. And it never dips below being entertaining enough to fall apart. I think a lot of that yeah. is because of the because you've got Frank Grillo there, and then you've got uh, Ico Uyas there, and you know for that point you're thinking at any moment now he's going to do some fucking badass. I mean, there is the one of the best examples of that escalated quickly I've seen in quite some time that where they just start going off on each other and the two girls start having a fight as well. It's like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? Why are you yeah. guys now suddenly trying to kill each other? And then literally, literally seconds later, the five, they're just, they're just bezies again. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like, right. Okay. I, und- I very much understand the want to see Frank Grillo have a fight with Eco Uace, but it's like, there's no fucking justification for this whatsoever. I mean, it's amazing <laughs> and bravo, but what? Yep. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think I'd go definitely not shit. I, I, I'm going definitely not shit on it, because I, I don't think it's shit. The, the high-concept sci-fi stuff is is really... In, in, the thing is, with high-concept sci-fi, is you don't need... It doesn't need to land perfect. It needs to make sense. This does kind of make sense. And yeah. then the action stuff happens and you go, that's pretty fucking cool. And b- b- by the end, when they're teasing the third part with the... like, It's been done in Transformers. It's been done in Independence Day. Now they're doing it in Skyline. We're going to take the fight to them. And it's yeah. like, do you know what? Yeah, I'll watch that. I, I'll, yeah. Can I have some martial arts on an alien planet, please? And you know what? I, I could see them. I, I could see Netflix going, right, let's, let's, let's really kind of like push this like we would do a Netflix film and then see and then go in, fuck it, we'll give you a Skyline 3. How much do you need? 30 million, 40 million? There you go. Bang. 30 million, 40 million, they'd be fucking laughing. Yep. Like? Because this cost 20 million. Did it really? 20 million dollars, yeah. All right, fair enough. <laughs> and it, it, it looks, it looks good. It, yeah, it it looks all right. I'm I'm kind of this costs more than the Shape of Water. Well, yeah, there's, there there is there is that. But then again, you've got the Shape of Water is designed by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, this guy is designed by Liam O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But I mean, you know, good on good on Liam O'Donnell. Um, he he's made a fun, silly B movie, which I, I I entirely think was what he was trying to do. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and it, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm definitely not shit on it. Uh, our audience vote was. Let me double check. Uh, where is it? Come on, silly phone not working. Our audience vote was definitely not shit. Forty percent. This is really fucking interesting. Actually, definitely not shit. Forty percent. Touching cloth. Twenty percent. Shit. Zero percent. Uh, okay. And Geostorm forty yeah. percent. That that's fair enough. Yeah, you, you could totally see someone giving this a Geostorm rating. Yeah, and, and I would totally say to them, yes, 
you're fine with that. I, I'm a difficult shit because I, I, I really quite enjoyed it. Mm. But yeah, I can see your point. Yeah, no, no, 100%. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it might be like the, one of the first ones we've ever had that had 0% definitely shit. Yeah. Ah, good on you, good on you, Beyond Skyline. Like I say, it's on Netflix UK. Um, I'm sure it's on streaming services worldwide. And uh, yeah, worth your time. Yep. Um, okay, so uh, let's move on. So uh, neither of us have much what we watched, but um, we'll 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 do a bit. So what have you got there, Mark? Uh, I watched Skyline. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. Yeah, I, I remember actually really quite enjoying Skyline when I first watched it. Uh, in the sense that I went in there expecting very very little and got. Um, you know, enough, easily enough from it. So I was pleasantly surprised for it. It's, there's, again, it's it's high concept sci-fi. I can see what they've done. They've used um, their skills sets as um, FX guys to to create a movie around doing that and saying, look what we can design that looks really fucking cool. And then they've written a kind of story around that and it, it makes sense. But it's, it's a solid watch. It, it, it still holds up. It, it's about the right length. Um, yeah, the you know the cast are all okay. You know we don't. They're not adorning our screens regularly, so that kind of gives you an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually don't mind Eric Balafour as, as an actor. Actually, I, 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 I quite enjoy him and stuff. Uh, his odd face, uh, I find quite comforting. Um, so yeah, it's kind of is. I enjoyed my rewatch of it. Um, I rented it on iTunes for three forty nine. I could have bought it for five ninety nine. I think I made the right choice in renting it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, is what I will say there. Um, what else uh, did I watch? Oh, I also um, another Frank Grillo looking fucking cool and stuff. Um, I, in anticipation for the upcoming Avengers uh, Infinity War I've decided to watch a couple of the uh, MCU universe films rather than watching rewatching all of them because right. I don't have time and I don't want to fucking like ser- seriously just on that it, like that's you know that was the kind of thing I used to do like before uh, before uh, Avengers Age of Ultron I'm pretty sure I watched all the ones leading up to that and it's just like it's just this force in it it is fucking yeah. forcing it. Like... And, uh, as well, I, I, I will raise a point here in the fact that is there three this year? There was three last year, wasn't there? Yeah, they're like, I think they're three uh, pretty set now, yeah. Right. But these are quite close together, aren't they? Black Panther and this. Yeah, well... So no, I, my so... thing there is, you, you've got... you ha- Without question, you have to have seen Black Panther for Infinity War. It, it, it does kind of. Uh, it seems that a lot of the third act takes place in Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah. So, what if you haven't? I know that there's not a lot of people that haven't. But what if you haven't? You haven't given people chance to catch up with these movies on, you know, home viewing. But I suppose you could claim, well, they'll just watch Infinity War on home viewing. So that's fair enough. But it's just, it, it's only like a couple of months, like three months between them. It just feels like. If you'd given it that extra month, you could have released Black Panther on home viewing like a week before. There you go. Yeah. But they didn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, well, I mean, like, to be, 
I don't know. It's interesting because, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out in June-July time. And it's like, right, you're barely halfway through the year. We're done with Marvel films, Marvel Studios films anyway. Mm. And now there's not going to be another one until the turn of the uh, of the next year. And, I mean, it, it's like we're fucking solo. It, you know, you had Last Jedi in December, solo in May, and then there's not another Star Wars film for a solid 18, 19 months. Mm. It, 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 it is a little bit like, well, what what happens beyond fucking what what the big movies? What what's the big August movie this year? Yeah, shit, man, fuck knows. There's the Meg. I mean, for us, the Meg. Yeah, it, that's um, it. You know, but, the, yeah. it, it it does seem like everything's crammed into before the kids go on holiday. It's really weird. It's it's the World Cup. I mean, the world. Uh, you know, every of two, course, yeah. Every two years, cinema schedules in the UK get a bit fucked by the World Cup. So, you know, uh, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom comes out here like two weeks before the US because they're doing it before the World Cup. Um, mm. Incredibles 2 comes out like a month after the US because of the World Cup. Um, so there, there, there are things there are things like that there. Um, but I, And I think Ant-Man and the Wasp actually is out over, over here after the US because of the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, but that, that's the thing. It does... It does just feel like Hollywood is shooting its fucking load in the first half of the summer blockbuster season, and there's really fuck all else for the rest of it. Yeah, but then again, I'm, I'm still be looking forward to the half of the year. Um, so yeah, that, that's right. so I, I'm picking out ones that I want to rewatch rather than ones that I think will. Um, enhance my viewing of infinity war because I, i've seen all the marvel ones so i even if i rewatch them all the week before i'm probably still not gonna remember all of the fucking threads because you're watching them in such a cluster that they all kind of meld in a one I, I pretty much know what's going on uh in them so i, I rewatched uh the winter soldier um mm-hmm. because Everybody always puts it within. It's one of those that is. You know, if it was, if the Marvel movie rankings were a preferential ballot, this would be like number one or number two because it's always really high up in people's lists. And I was a little bit like, yeah, it was all right because it was sold to me like, oh, it's like a seventies espionage film. And then I watched it and went, nope, it's like a Marvel film. <laughs> and then I, I thought, right. I really, really enjoyed Civil War. Um, and I'm really quite pumped for Infinity War um, there. Um, so fuck it, I'm going to give Winter Soldier another go. And I rewatched it, and I, I got more of that espionage thing there. Um, but I still do think it is a Marvel film, but then again, it is a Marvel film, and that's not actually a fucking criticism, because this is a Marvel universe. It should feel like a Marvel film. So yeah. what I'm actually saying is, is don't fucking sell me it as like it's a 70s espionage film. Like, don't sell me that. Sell me it's a really fucking good Marvel movie because I'm fine with that. And the, yeah, it, it's a really solid movie. Is it as good as um, Civil War? No, it, it, it's not. But it's it's really fucking solid. Um, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed my my time with it. Again, it's two and a bit hours long. It doesn't feel like it. It establishes for me anyway. Um, 
Captain America as the most interesting um, of the Avengers and the Avengers outside the Avengers, this current crop of um, of all the Marvel characters. I, I think it establishes him as being having the the most depth to him in the way they're doing it within this universe. Mm. I, I can see why he's it's pretty much confirmed that he's going to, you know, the fact that Chris Evans has said this, you know, infinity war, this is it. I'm done with Captain America now. Um, pretty much establishes that he's going to die in this one or the next one. And I have a feeling it might be this one. And that will be fucking heartbreaking because I think he's the character that personally I've gone on a, most of a journey with especially with this mm. and then I think having watched um, Civil War and, and got his character in that which is quite a heartbreaking character I think in that there's a, there's a real crux to that of a man who is just he's caught between the world he knew and the world he's existing in now and he doesn't know which one he he, he closely resembles to um, and you know, he's so with Bucky he's so trying to hold on to his past that he's willing to forsake what he's got now and there's that and the, the kind of foundations for that are laid much more in this than I remember oh no I mean the um, the whole like he's my friend so was that's, I so that, that's that's fucking that's, that's horrible in the fact yeah. that I think that's that's the moment that kind of breaks Tony Stark. And I, I I think that's interesting because I swear in the marketing for Civil War they had that line, but down, like it was an alternate line delivery of Downey's, and it was almost like a bit more kind of badass. Whereas mm. in this, it's hurt. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I mean, like I I, I rewatched Civil War um, not not long back, and yeah, I did I, as well. I, I fucking adore that film, and um, just that that that's the thing that climactic fight is not things falling down on other things. No, it's, it, 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 I think I, we spoke about this uh, quite recently. It, it, it's cinematic. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's it, got... It's, it's got really a, cinematic. It's got emotional heft. Um, I, I still think there's, there's, a, there's a moment, and I still think, I can't remember it now, but where there's a great shot, and it should linger for another three or four seconds, but it then cuts to um, Daniel Brühl on a fucking mountain. And it's like, no, yeah, no, yeah. you had it perfect. And then you've, no, uh, do you know what? I don't give a shit if it ever added another 15 seconds at the fucking runtime. It was a beautiful shot mm. and you, you, you've edited it at the wrong time. Um, but yeah, it, it, that, it, that's one of the best moments of these Marvel movies so far is that fight because there's a, there's an emotion and a rawness to it mm. um, that, that is, is missing from the, the, the more, colder things falling from the sky um it's it's treating it's it's the russo brothers um they're treating an audience with a lot more intelligence than i think often the marvel movies are given credit for and i think that to be honest i think that the earlier marvel movies um didn't do not a criticism because what they did was they really entertained people to get them invested in this and then they've started adding you know, people will criticize you know the darkness of the DCU, but the Marvel universe has become very dark. But it's a more controlled darkness to it mm. rather than a an enforced darkness, and it, it makes more sense. And yeah, I I, I do think that um, Cap has become the one that that we 
I think universally people have kind of gone right. This is this is where we've, we've gravitated towards. Yeah, I mean, I suppose this is the last show pre-Infinity War, so I just want to say now, if they are going to kill anyone in it, I fucking hope they actually mean it. Yeah, yeah, the 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 tickling the balls in Civil War about about killing off Captain America, about um, killing off uh, Iron Man, and then pussing out of it a little bit. I Look, think. it's like if there's any fucking like using the stones to fucking reverse some shit or. Like, it just, like, I don't know, you didn't even have the balls to kill off fucking Agent Coulson. You know, it just, come on, fucking do something that actually means something. Yeah. And I I, I could see them doing that in in, in this one. But like you say, if, let's say, purely hypothetical, they kill off um, Cap in the climax of this, and then five scenes into part two mm. he's back again or he's back in the marketing for that it'll be a little bit like ah right you haven't got you you haven't quite got the balls to push forward these characters that you're already pushing forward mm. i mean I, I suppose well apparently the spoiler for uh, the, sorry the title for avengers 4 is a spoiler i'm assuming we'll find that out at the end of infinity war but mm. um I, I i i don't know it'd be I don't know, I mean, like, what's it going to be, like, the death of Tony Stark or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what could they fucking do? Um, Unless it's, there is a, um, the scrolls seem to be what's rumoured to be the next big thing after Thanos. And I I, I think there's an event, there's a Marvel run called Secret Invasion, which is about scrolls. And there's, like, some, because apparently they're going to be in Captain Marvel, which I think is coming out before Avengers 4. Because I yeah. think I think Captain Marvel's like the first one next year. Um, yeah. Like, I, I'm, I just want to. Okay, I'm going to say, at the end of Infinity War, it's going to be a, Avengers Secret Invasion is going to be the title of Avengers Four. I think Thanos is in this one, and then he's done. Because uh, you, th- you think he's, you think he's done from. Infinity War Part One, Part Two, or just Infinity War? I, that's I, it. And it's I, done. I, I think this is Infinity War. I don't think there is an Infinity War Part Two. Because uh, we shot back to back, but you don't think they're, they're, they're parts one and part two of the film. No, because like it just like they they haven't necessarily. I mean, that's the thing. It's like who knows how long Josh Brolin was actually there, like there for. I mean, at the end of the day, he's fucking mocap, so fuck knows. But yeah. it, it's you know, it there's they're keeping shit under wraps for Avengers four. And it's just like, if it's five, six hours of Thanos, that this is supposed to be, this is supposed to be like its own entity, this film. Oh, that's really quite interesting. Yeah. I'd I'd be very much up for that. Like it just, it would be cool if it is like, right, that's that we've been building up to this. And then if like the next Avengers is the start of something else, which is going to kickstart shit. You know, like, if this one is supposed to be the end of the road for a lot of characters and then Avengers 4 is going to be, like, the start for kind of, like, the, the fresh take. I, I don't know. I mean, who knows? But and, and you never know. Maybe there is enough backstory on Thanos to span two films. I, you know, I'm sure there... Do you know what? There probably is. But it just... It would be great if they fucking pulled some sort of switcheroo. 
And apart from killing people, I don't know what kind of switcheroos they have in them at the moment. Yeah, you, you do feel like this. This needs to be. This needs to be the climax to something. Yeah, that that that's it. You know, but we'll we'll you know we'll see. We haven't got much uh, longer. To, when are you seeing it, by the way? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure at the moment. Fuck. Hopefully Thursday. Hmm. I'll get to it. Is what I'll say. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, cool. Yeah, Thursday. I'm going to say Thursday. <laughs> okay. I need to work out my work schedule to work yeah. out how I get to see it, because obviously I'll be, we'll, we'll, we'll be reviewing it side by side. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, yeah, we've still got to work out logistics on that, like how we're going to get Noel in and whatnot, but yeah, we'll work something out. Um, cool, you got any others? No, that's everything for me, mate. Cool. Uh, okay, so I've only got um, two, and then we'll uh, we'll start wrapping up. Uh, so I rewatched the Disaster Artist. Um, which, How did that hold up on a second watch? Uh, I've, to be honest, I've kind of taken against it a little bit because um, I wasn't so sold on it. No, I, and I think it's kind of like the the post release, and not like the Franco uh, sexual allegation stuff. Just the way. The way that Franco's kind of was with Wiseau on the awards circuit and whatnot, and like the, the Golden Globes, like the fact that he just didn't let Wiseau speak, um, even though he got him up on the stage, there's. He used him as like a little bit of a puppet, like a comment, like, look at, look at the freak, look at what I have given I, you. I think, yeah, and to be honest, I think there is an aspect of that in the disaster artist. Mm. Um, it's, they're, taking, they're taking the piss out of him. They are. They're, they're, they're being holier than thou. Yeah, look at us, yeah, look at us really talented guys. Look at it. us really talented guys making a better movie out of the making of this idiot's movie that was shit, that you all think shit. That's it. You all, think, you all think this movie is so shit that it is the shittest of the shit, therefore it is good. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, the, you got the talking heads at the start talking about it, and, like, I, I, Adam Scott makes a good point about, like... Was it Adam Scott? I swear one of them says, like, you could not remake the room. It was just a, a, a combination of unique circumstances, and, mm. and I think that's the point. But you got these people, and these people are watching it because they think it's shit and they're laughing at it. And you know, mm. and like JJ Abrams is there. It's like, what the fuck are you doing there? Like, it, like so. I mean, and you, you've got this film where they are they are laughing at him, and. You know, they wanted they wanted to disassociate themselves so much from Tommy Wiseau that they like Wiseau insisted on being in the film and they put it in the post credits bit, which, you know, is why is Wiseau just happy to be there? Would he not be a little bit insulted by that? That you know they can't be asked to write a proper thing for him, so they just have this really surreal thing in the post credits. Um, it's and just the 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 that the way that theatre reaction pans out. Where it's like, first off, they're kind of like all like cringy and embarrassed, and then someone starts laughing, then they all start laughing at it, and it's just like it's so that is so fucking Hollywood. It, it, it's so fair. It, 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 it was a for me. It was oh fuck off. I've been in cinemas where an audience fully gets behind. A, a group mentality, and it ain't like that. No, I mean that. It's just the shots of people laughing just don't feel right. It's people it's, don't laugh like that. No, no, that that yeah, that's exactly it. It just it's. I I, I 
Yeah, I don't know. The, I the most I have ever laughed in a movie it, 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 at the cinema that I can remember. It probably is the most I could ever laugh. I, I ever laugh or the way it gets you and you literally cannot stop yourself from laughing. And it, 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 it sometimes things just have you. Mm. Was was Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, which I'm pretty sure I went straight into after watching The Raid, I think. Okay. Um, and me and Bex went to see it, uh, and we'd got to see it. We went, I went to see it for ages, and Bex was not, not keen. And I said, look, I will buy you dinner if you, after this if you come and see this with me. And she was like, that's fine. We'll go and see it. Because literally we got out of I, I, I'm pretty sure it was The Raid. Um, and then went straight into that. Um, no, it, was, it wasn't actually. It was, it was something I got. I got free tickets to. I think it might have actually been um, Cabin in the Woods. Um, mm. And then we went straight into that. And the scene from where they are going to the high school for the first time to the end of the trip sequence, I was fucking gone. At, like an mm. uncontrollable mm. laughter, and it didn't look anything fucking like that scene in the disaster artist <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it's um i don't know i still I, I think franco is very good as wiseo i mean like he's got the 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 like the, the voice and the mannerisms down really well um but it yeah there's there's an almost self-reflexive level of fakery about the whole thing that does put me off and i don't they seem to boil wiseo down to mysterious guy who has a bit of a boner for his best friend and gets pissed off when his best friend like gets embarrassed of him but then also they don't criticize greg sesestro enough which is not surprising considering it's based on a book he co-wrote but the you know the fact that he does basically want seem to want to dump Tommy, like it's yeah. like he's bad for his career. He's kind of bad for his relationship. You know, it, it's he's basically Tommy gives him this place to stay. He gives him the confidence to go to LA and try to make things work. And then as soon as he starts getting roles, it's like uh, you know people are telling him they should dump him, and he seems to be considering it. it it's yeah, I don't know it. it the the audience. I, I was in a, a jazzed audience for the disaster artist, and I think I might have let it sway me a bit. Because hasn't Tommy Wiseau and Ancestro got a new film coming out this year? Ah, oh, probably. I think they've got a new film coming out this year. That that could end up destroying the whole fucking hoover of of the room because when people get there, and if it's good, then it's oh, mm. why is this good? And if it's just shit. They're going to try and convince people. Oh, look! It's like the room. It's like, it's all over the place. It's like and people go, no, it's just shit. Mm. And that that's going to be the interesting bit. Of, it might get. It might. You might see a bit of the room backlash. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, disaster artist. I I don't know when. I don't know when I'll next watch it. I'll say that that much. Um, and my uh, my second and last thing for what we watched. Um, so on Now TV, um, that got a month's pass because of Hurricane Heist, and I spotted um, Xavier Dolan's film, It's Only the End of the World, 
is that on Sky? Yeah, it's on Now TV, yeah. Um, Fuck. Um, so, yeah, um, I like Dolan. I've liked all the films mm-hmm. of his I've watched. Uh, Heartbeats, Tom at the Farm and Mommy. Um, uh, uh, I think they're the only ones I've seen out there. Yeah. Um, so this is like his kind of big starry like first starry one so you got uh, Marion Cotillard uh, Vincent Cassell um, uh, Lea Seydoux um, made me laugh as well Deadline.com quick tangent had a headline the, the, yesterday about something something Lea Seydoux's first major English language role yeah she was she was only like the girl in the last Bond film you know, yeah and, and she wasn't like she wasn't like when they had um, fuck what's her name Monica Bellucci she, Monica Bellucci where she literally is in it for five minutes yeah. and then he's gone she, yeah. she's quite a big character yeah she's a pretty fucking big character so yeah it was that was weird anyway uh, so yeah Lea Seydoux and um, others so basically it's uh, about a guy who's going to his family home uh, to visit he's um, I think he's a playwright or an author or something um, but he's dying um, and he wants to tell his family, but um, there are various family dynamics that are kind of keeping him from doing so. Um, so yeah, this one day Grand uh, Grand Prix, a uh, uh, Grand Jury Prize at Cannes. It was like the set, the runner-up prize basically yeah. um, a couple of years back, and I remember seeing that the press room were not happy about it, and it, it didn't go down very well. And um, yeah, I mean it's not. I don't think it's a bad film at all, but it, it is a bit of a come down from his his previous work that I've seen. Um, but it's also like an hour and a half, so it's not going to take that much time out of your life. So um, yeah, because because what aren't a lot of his other movies quite long? Yeah, I mean, like I think Mommy was like two hours, and Heartbeats definitely was. So yeah, that there is that aspect to them. This is actually fairly in and out, and the, the, you know the, the plot is quite simple. Um, but it's a uh, guy. I meant to look up Gaspar Uliel, um, who I think, I think was Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal Rising. That's yeah, just, he was. Yeah, that's just come to me. I was thinking, I know this guy from somewhere, and it's literally just come to me now. Um, so he's he's the main guy, and the thing is, he's the one who's like dying and wants to reconnect with his family. But he's also really static, and it's. I think maybe that's the point because like his family around him are, are far more kind of crazy. And v- v- Vincent Cassell's a hothead, um, <laughs> you know. It, um, and it just his character doesn't have much oomph to him. And um, yeah, instead it's kind of him just watching and reacting to those around him. And like I say, Vincent Cassell just like the most generic Vincent Cassell role you could see given to him um and yeah it just it it comes and goes and it didn't really it didn't really leave a mark and and Mommy certainly did it Tom at the farm is 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 a great tense little thing um so yeah I just it was in one eye out the other really um didn't hate it, but you know, there's there's just there's not that much to it, and I you know I could see I could actually see how people at Cannes. I'm sure this was not the second best film in official competition at Cannes that year. 
Mm. I'm 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 pretty oh, fucking I'm gonna I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see. Right, when do I think that was then? Twenty sixteen maybe? I'm gonna go twenty sixteen. Right. Yeah, it was. So I, Daniel Blake, won the Palm Door, um, yeah. which I haven't seen, but you know, probably fair enough. Best director, Christian Munju for Graduation, which I haven't seen. Olivier Assayas for Personal Shopper. Personal Shopper's good. Um, uh, the Salesman, that Asghar Fahadi film that won the uh, Foreign Language Oscar. American Honey was in there. Um, yeah, American Honey was. Uh, I want to see American Honey, but it's three hours long. Mm. Tony uh, Tony Erdman. Um, oh, you really liked that, didn't you? Yeah, Tony Erdman's fantastic. Um, so yeah, it, it's um, yeah. I I I I I think there probably were better fucking films that year. Um, you know, hey. Um, so who was on the fucking jury that year then? Oh, George Miller was the fucking president. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, George Miller was really not a fan of Tony Erdman. <laughs> um, that, that kind of doesn't surprise me. Yeah, no. Um, fucking uh, Kirsten Dunst, Mads Mikkelsen, Donald Sutherland, Vanessa Paradis. That's that's a fuck. That's a fucking trip. That is fair dues. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah. Anyway, it's only the end of the world. It's not great. It's not terrible, but it's not great. It's it's the lesser of his films that I've seen so far. Um, okay. Twitter questions. We got. We have a few. Yeah. Right, are you going to be fucking self-indulgent enough to do the one that you fucking asked us? Yep. Right, okay. Go on. <laughs> yes. Yes, audience, I asked us a question. Go on. Well, no one else was asking questions at the time, so I thought, fuck it, I'll ask one. <laughs> uh, let me just find it. Um... I'll do it. Hey, guys, you have three directors in front... Hey, guys. Um... <laughs> You have three directors in front of you, and you can ask them each one question. Who are the directors, and what's are what are the questions? You know what's fucking really bad. You know, even I'm thinking, I didn't actually think of an answer for this, and I asked the question. That's fucking dickhead. Um, right, three directors in front of me, and I can ask them each one question. Okay. Um... David Ayer. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, I would ask him... Jared Leto. Was he your choice? (sighs) Nice, I like that. Yeah. Dario Argento. Yep. Do you think you've made anything in the last 20 years that can be considered good? I think his answer would be no yeah, to that. That's fine. I'd appreciate the honesty. Um, and George Miller. Why did you like It's Only the End of the World more than Tony Erdman? <laughs> yeah. Um, mine would be Martin Scorsese. Um, which would be my question. Martin Scorsese would be... What's your drunk movie watch? What oh, movie do you shit. stick on 
when you've had a few fucking drinks oh, and you think, shit, I want to watch good. that. Because I want to know what his drunk movie watch is. Because I because it's probably going to be some French New Wave movie from the fucking 50s. Whereas what I want him to say is something like Captain Ron or something like that. <laughs> mm. I want it to be something out of the fucking blue. So that would be that, like, my Scorsese one. Um, my other one would be Michael Mann. Uh, mm, you can pick good. any event in world history to make a movie about. Pitch me the movie. Oh, shit. And cast it for me. That's good. Just to see what he comes up with on that spot. Because I guarantee you, you'd be there two hours later and you'd be going, why can't I watch this movie right now? Why can't I watch this movie right now, Michael? Um, And the final one would be Sylvester Stallone. Why don't people talk about you more as a great director? Very good. And then I just want to hug him. Very good. Yep. Very my... good. I like that. And just hug him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would. Do you know what? That my life would be complete if I got a good hug off Sylvester Stallone mm. because I genuinely adore that man. Yeah, good stuff. I like that. Um, what have we got? We've, got? we've got another two, I believe. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. I had it a second ago. I think. Somebody tweeted me, me and you instead of the account. Oh no, they did. Um, uh, uh, House of Black Lanterns. Um, it's not film related, but since you ask, in light of it being Record Store Day last weekend, what is the first single and the first album you ever bought, and what is your favourite soundtrack? Um, my first single would be Do the Bartman. What's it? Yeah. Oh, nice. Got that on vinyl. That was good. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep, go on. Shit, my first fucking my first album. I that you this is that you bought, not that was bought for you. Right. Okay. So I think performance and cocktails by the Stereophonics, which is ah, yeah, yeah. That's the second one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Word gets around was the first one, wasn't Indeed, it? Indeed. Yeah. Ah, that's not a bad one. It's all right. I was actually listening to Word Gets Around in the week, actually. That's a, that's a solid album. Word Gets Around is fucking fantastic. Yeah, and it's a great album. Performance and Cocktails is is alright, yeah. and then Jeep just goes off the fucking... All the videos, I remember, for Performance and Cocktails, all the videos for that, from the singles for that, were based around movies. Yeah, Bartender and the Thief was Apocalypse Now, wasn't it? It was Apocalypse Now, yeah. Oh, you had um, the Italian Job one. Yep. Which oh. was... Pick a part that's new. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking, yeah, that's right. Soundtrack. I actually might, I might listen to that album again. Um, soundtrack. Um, so are we talking score or collection of songs? Oh, I don't know. Have you got one for each? Because <laughs> I mean, like Purple Rain's up there. Um, Ooh, that's a real. But you could you could call that both, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, okay, so that's my answer. I, th- yeah, I, th- I think you've boxed that off a little bit there. Yeah. Um, 
first single I ever bought uh, was The Way You Make Me Feel by Michael Jackson. That's fucking ace. Real, very good. Yep. First good. album I bought uh, was uh, Suede. Suede, the first Suede album. Shit. Yeah, fucking dark. Actually, fuck. What came first? Hang on. Shit. I think I might have fucked that up. Hang on. Well, what do you think it was? What? No, I need to look this up. Uh, in terms of soundtrack slash score, I think you've boxed it off with, with Purple Rain. That's a solid one. Um, it, I have uh, numerous um, scores. Uh, there's like soundtracks on vinyl and a few scores. So I've got the score for um, Escape from New York. Uh, I've got all the Spaghetti Western ones. Well, the... the, the Sergio Leone's Spaghetti Western ones. I've got all of those, and they're fantastic to listen to. Yeah, uh, in soundtracks, show. I have the Fletch soundtrack. Nice. I do have the Fletch soundtrack nice. on, on vinyl. I also have... I have the City Slickers soundtrack on vinyl. Mm. Right? I bought that at the same time as I bought Miles Davis' Birth of the Cool, and I bought it with the City Slickers soundtrack. That <laughs> is a double bill. And the guy at Airware Records, which is my local independent record star that I frequent, went, you bought that, birth of the cool, you've birthed cool within yourself, and then you've bought that. You're yeah, an idiot. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And he actually said to me, he said, I was putting that out, and as I put it out, I thought, I know which idiots are coming and buy this. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Uh, that's very good. Um, no, it, I also own I also own the Dirty Dancing soundtrack parts one and two well, of on vinyl. Of course you do. Yep. Um, no, yeah, the Stereophonics that that was my first one. I was thinking there might have been something else, but that was later in the year. Um, but it made me laugh as well. I'm just looking at um, the performance cocktails on Wikipedia. Uh, the Rolling Stone review compared the band to Oasis, stating they sound like Oasis trying to be Radiohead. No, they don't. <laughs> they really don't. What a fucking weird comment. <laughs> that that was quite prevalent in uh, music at a time where it was combi- It was basically saying one band and another weird band to go with it. It's like for a while everything was. Um, it's like Donnie Darko mixed with. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. I t- it, it just, I can't get, a, I can't get my head around that because Radiohead, circa late nineties. I mean, what was that? Okay, so it would have been after OK Computer and before Kid A and Amnesiac. Yeah. So. It would have been after, it'd have been between OK Computer and Kid A, or maybe around the same time as Kid A, maybe. I mean, what when was Kid A was ninety nine, I think. Yeah. What an Amnesiac was what two thousand. Wasn't Amnesiac like really shortly after Kid A? Because then Hail to the Thief, I think, was two thousand three. Um, I think so. I, 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 to be honest, I stopped giving a shit about Radiohead after. After uh, Kid A, which I actually really liked Kid A. Amnesiac um, was 2001. 2001, yeah. Uh, but I, I, but I, I, I didn't really didn't get on with Amnesiac. Kid A was 2000. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I knew they were one year after the other. So, I mean, this was... 
How the fuck does performance and cocktails by Stereophonics sound in any way like they're trying to do Radiohead circa OK Computer? Yes, could yes, because pick a part that's new and I wouldn't believe your wireless radio. <laughs> yeah, I, Which I, I believe are two songs from that album. I mean, a- exit music for a film sounds just fucking like The Bartender and the Thief. Yeah. It's uncanny. Yeah, it is, it is, it's fucking weird how, how similar they are. Jeez, I'm actually looking. That's actually got me angry for some fucking reason. There is not a single, a single, what is it? You could maybe claim, maybe, I would say, claim that I stopped to fill my car up sounds a little bit radio-heady, mm. which would be more stereophonics trying to do radiohead. And you could maybe claim that she takes her clothes off, off sounds yeah. like the Benz album, the Benz, and yeah. it's more mellow tones. Yeah, yeah. But still, that's a fucking weird. That is just a lazy. Sounds like yeah. X trying to do Y. Yeah. Um, last question from Noel. Yep. Have you ever attempted to write a screenplay or piece of fictional writing you hoped would turn into one, and if so, what was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I, I, I'm looking to have had one piece that I wrote performed uh, as a play. I had a play performed on Radio 4 when I was 19 um, uh, that I have sent it into a competition what and it was a it was a, um, a it was the furniture in a um, a dining room as well in a study having an argument about which was the most important piece of furniture that's pretty good I like that I, they're all having the argument about about which one's the um, the most important, and it was the clock, uh, a chair, uh, a stool that sat in the corner, and the um, companion set for the fireplace. It's very good. Yeah, there was there was that. Uh, uh, the play that I had done was a. Uh, a play about four brothers who were in their final, having their final meal uh, before all being um, simultaneously or one after the other uh, executed for a crime they committed together, uh, and they're having an argument about who's to blame. Okay, that sounds intense. It was quite intense, actually. At that, actually, yeah, I, 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 I wrote, directed, and took one of the smaller parts of one of the brothers in that. Wow. Yeah, that was that was quite good. But yeah, I I, 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 I completed a full screenplay of that. It's on a hard drive that I've got. Uh, it's probably fucking awful. Uh, but yeah, I, I've, I've tried writing a couple of screenplays. Um, I, 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 I would quite like to try my hand at it again. I don't think I'd ever, ever, anything would ever come of it, but it'd be quite entertaining. But I, I think I need to do one of those fucking courses or actually learn how to write an actual screenplay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've also tried it and failed miserably, and that's all I'm going to say on the matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But thank you, Noel. And for, uh, thank you to um, everybody for the questions, apart from Mark. Yes. Um, you should thank me as well. No, I'm thank gonna, you. I'm um, ask a question every week now. No. No. <laughs> you can answer it. Um, so, next week, yes, we are going to be recording in the same place. I'm not entirely sure what state I'm going to be in, but we're going to fucking do it. <laughs> Um, 
God, I've got to fucking run 26 miles in six days. <laughs> 26 miles. How, how, lo- how long are you hoping this is gonna, that it's going to take you? <laughs> if I do it in less than five hours, I'll be thrilled. I'm going to try and... I'm going to try and keep pace with the, pe- the four and a half hour pace setter for as much of it as I possibly can. And then if I dip off, I dip off. I, I, I might actually go watch Infinity Well. <laughs> you run a marathon. That's actually quite a funny idea. You should totally, you should totally do that. This is Cineworld in Newport. Hang on. Let's have a look now. <laughs> Fuck it, you should... As long as that- you should totally, get out in time to fucking meet you at the finish line. You should totally fucking do that. That's a great idea. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you'd be fine. Uh, there's a there's a 10 a.m. I might do that. There's actually, a, there's a 10 a.m. You'll be out about. You'll be out about one ish. One ish. Don and Lottie are gonna be around anyway, so you know you can you could go find them. You yeah, you'd be fine. 10 cool. o'clock, 2D, job done. Nice. Okay, you go watch fucking Avengers while I run a fucking marathon. <laughs> um, so I think what I what I'm gonna try and do if Noel's available on Sunday um, is I'll after the marathon we'll go into Cardiff. I'm I'm not gonna drink, but like you have a couple of drinks. So like you go to Tiny Rebel and whatnot. Um, Go back to mine, and we'll see if we can um, hook up with Noel and get shit done. Yeah, sweet, good stuff. Um, so yes, uh, until that auspicious occasion, I'm very much looking. F- I'm very much looking forward to seeing you, and that's about the only thing I'm looking forward to that fucking weekend. I must say, like, I'm very much looking forward to cheering you on uh, to, to, to do to do a marathon. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, but yeah, until then. Thank you very much for listening, folks, and we'll speak to you next week. Speak to you soon, guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.